why doesn't Darth Vader recognize C-3PO on Cloud City in The Empire Strikes Back? Um, that is a good question. I think it's mainly because, I mean, first off, outwardly, C-3PO looks like every other protocol droid. They all look the same. Um, so unless he introduces himself, Vader's not going to recognize him. Um, one might think, like, well, did you put them together? I'm like, well, yeah, you did fix them up and stuff throughout the original, I mean, throughout the uh, prequel trilogy. But then again, you got to ask yourself, well, look at Obi-Wan and, uh, like, uh, R2-D2. You know what I mean? When he first meets him, he's like, hello, old friend. Or, like, you know what I mean? He's like, it's all right, friend. I won't hurt you when he's, like, hiding behind the rock. But then he goes... When Luke says, he says he's your droid, and then he goes, oh, I, I don't recall ever owning a droid. I mean, technically, Obi-Wan never owned R2-D2. And furthermore, if you think about it, Yoda doesn't recognize him either. On Dagobah. And there, is there... <laughs> when did he recognize r Is there discrimination against droids in the Star Wars universe? Are they not treated like... I mean, I guess they're kind of not treated like people, right? Yeah, because remember when they go to walk into Moss Eisley, and he's like, I don't save you, I can't hear. That's true. Droids wait outside. I think it's just mainly because, you know, how many how many R2 units are there? R2 is just one of a bunch of, mm-hmm. like we see at the very, very beginning of, you know, the Astromechs, the, the beginning of, um, what was it, Phantom Menace. There's like six, six, six Astromechs hanging out, different colored. How many blue R2 units are there? Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, distinguishing feature of C-3PO is he's gold with a silver leg. Right. Hmm. Not to mention at the end of Revenge of the Sith, uh, Owen, Owen Lars has... I mean, think about it this way. Like, is, isn't a droid kind of like your phone? You know what I mean? Like, it's a piece of machinery that helps you do stuff, right? Yeah. So if your phone were in a lineup against other phones... How would you know which one was yours if they all looked the same? This is true. I would know by my crackly plastic cover. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there is a cool moment in the comics where there's like this uh, technician. Uh, I don't know what issue it is. I want to say like twenty of something issue twenty of something, um, where there's this cool flashback where Anakin is talking to Smee and it's all like you know. She's like, you know, it, it's it's clear here you were meant to help this droid and give him a second chance as he's, you know, putting him back together. And then she's like, yo, remember, this droid's going to be your responsibility. And then, you know, unless you're prepared to take care of something, you don't deserve it. And then, like, then it flashes forward and uh, it, it is Cloud City and uh, C-3PO is already dismantled and stuff because, remember, Chewie pulls him around in the backpack. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so... Yeah, so the technician dude is like, yo, should I have the uh, technician search his memory bank or, or just have the Ugnut smelt it down? And uh, Vader's just looking at C-3PO's helmet longingly. And he's like, sir? And then there's like a moment at the very end, like last panel where there's no words. It's just Vader's helmet pressed up against C-3PO's disembodied head. So it's like, well, in the comic, they kind of acknowledge maybe he does recognize him a little bit.
Welcome to another episode of Geekast X. Geekast X is a podcast released each week dedicated to all things pop culture. We cover the latest geek news, movies, and comics, as well as doing reviews and commentaries where you, the listener, can watch along with us. If you'd like to reach out to us with any ideas or feedback, please send an email to geekastx at gmail.com. That's G-E-E-K-A-S-T-X at gmail.com. Beside me is my partner in podcasting, Jake, and I'm Sean. We give a special thanks to Anchor for giving us the tools to create this podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date and interact with us through our social media outlets, you can search Geekcast X on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have a backlog of old episodes available on YouTube and iTunes. Our newest episodes are available on Spotify and Google Podcasts. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of Geekcast X. All right, guys, it's April. April marks month two of quarantine, lockdown. Uh, Social distancing is on an all-time high. It's getting nuts. I mean, I guess it's projected to stick around till May. Uh, Uh, I've heard June. Wash your hands. Oh, really? Stay inside. Stay inside washing your hands. I feel like every time I turn turn on the news it's there's a new date you know they're gonna keep canceling right. all all the events are canceled uh i heard there there were a couple the guy who plays young flash young barry allen died he was only 16 years old that's pretty sad oh, i did see that that sucks did he have the virus yeah Ugh. Ugh. Invis- i know it's pretty it's it's staying unfortunate. Even Kendrick Conroy commented on it. He was like, "Oh man, that is unfortunate." Because John Wesley Ship had posted something on the tweet box about like you know what I mean. Like this is very heartbreaking because mm-hmm. this kid had such potential. He was he was so committed to like playing this role. Like you know what I mean. I'm like, wow, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that sucks. A, a quote. I can't remember who said it, but it was like basically when you murder someone. But, like, I mean, the situation still applies here. Like, when somebody dies, like, they don't just end. Everything that they have the potential to be also ends. Speaking of another Barry Allen, uh, Ezra Miller has come under some controversy. I don't know. I don't know if he was. I don't know where he was for this this video that is showing him choke slamming some chick or what, but. Dude, what what are you thinking? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it it was it was nuts. So I, I don't know if it was like a red carpet event or something or a comic con. Uh, it just shows him. They look like they're outside. It's Ezra Miller. Um, he's wearing you know crazy getup as he always does, like this big fluffy red coat and like sandals and looks like pajama pants. And this fan walks up to him, all excited and giddy, and she's wearing a scarf and stuff. And the first thing he says like. You want to fight, huh? And like grabs her by the throat and then like totally does this 360 spin and like throws her on the ground and says, You want to fight? Why the guy, the guy holding the camera is like, Hey, whoa, wait. Like, you know what I mean? One of those, like, Whoa, whoa. Like, maybe we're at those moments where like something goes out of hand. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like, What, what on earth are you thinking, man? I, I, I don't, I couldn't tell if he was being serious or what was going yeah, on. I mean, 
I haven't read any updates on it. Like that, that was, I did that. I watched the video this morning. Um, I saw there was an update, but uh, by the time I get to click on it, like the page I was reading had refreshed and it was gone. I'm like, shoot, I'll have to read that later. So what have you been doing during these uh, months, month and a half? Of quarantine so the first thing i've done with quarantine is something i most of the world has i watched the tiger king documentary which mm. oh my god i first off i've <laughs> never been so i've never been so interested in somebody who is so white trash as i am joe exotic but like it is just it, it is crazy. There is this whole world of raising tigers, big cats in the United States that I had no idea existed. I mean, the documentary starts out and they're talking about how, you know, there's more cats, you know, tigers are going extinct. So me thinking, yeah. oh, okay, we keep breeding them. That's good, right? Well, if you watch this, it's probably not so good. I mean... This the do- the documentary might be about Joe Exotic, but there are just like multiple like zoos that are just cults. I mean, Carol Baskin, holy shit! Like that woman murdered her husband and fed him to tigers. I'm sorry if anyone disagrees with that, but she murdered her husband and fed him to tigers. There's no way around it. I mean, my god, my god, Doc Antle and Myrtle Beach. Y'all, you guys go visit him. I mean, oh man, he, th- Sean, this guy runs. And just for those listening, I've watched it. Sean has not. Sean, I watched a half kid. hour of it. Was interested. Like I like documentaries, but I don't like white trash because I deal with it all day at work. You don't have to disclose <laughs> where I work. But seriously, like I, I'm not a fan of anyone who doesn't have a full set of choppers. Like if you're missing more than three front teeth, please walk away from me. Uh, <laughs> man there's this guy his name's doc antle he has a zoo in myrtle beach where he not only keeps big cats but he has three wives and like four houses i assume a house for him the other three are for his wives that have just been raised in his little cult like it's all crazy. a cult there's a cult involved too um if you ask me, so the documentary shows three separate zoos, and I sh- I personally believe that all three of them may not be like a full-blown, they might not be the craziest cults ever, but they definitely, all three of them have a cult mentality. Like, sure. Yeah. I'll tell you as far as I got, uh, when we get introduced to the chick who killed her husband, I guess. I didn't get to that part, but. Yeah, she totally killed her husband. She says on, um, she says on the documentary, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't give uh, tigers that stuff if you know you wanted them to eat somebody. You'd, you'd give them sardine oil or something like that. And oh shit! Like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man! And like, I believe the investigation is still ongoing, and I imagine it's been given new attention. But yeah, this listen, this bitch killed her husband, man. Like it, 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 there's no way around it. 
That's crazy. Um, um, as far as I got was like, she's like, tigers should not be held in captivity. Let me introduce you to my tigers, which I kept in captivity. It's like, what the fuck, lady? Yep. Uh, yeah, it, that that was something that shocked me. It was just like, oh my god, she does the same thing. like Only with bigger cages. Yep. And she runs her zoo with volunteers. <laughs> at least at least Joe Exotic would pay him like a hundred bucks a week or something. My goodness. Crazy stuff. So I I'm not a big fan of fads like that. Like I get that I mean there's certain fads that I will hop onto, like like when Breaking Bad was blowing up, I'm like, hell yeah, this looks like a good show. I'll watch it. But then it's like, look at this white trash. I'm like, mm, I'm going to have to pass on that. But like everyone is talking about it. And so I tried to watch it. That's why, you know what I mean? So everyone kept talking about it. I'm like, you know what? I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a go. Let's, let's spin this on Netflix. I'm watching it. And I'm like, you know, half hour into it, the first episode, I'm like, nah, nah, this is not for me. <laughs> hmm. I mean, you got to watch it though. It's, I don't know that you can truly knock it. There's there's quite a bit of drama that you have not seen yet. I can, I can tell you that much. I thought it was like an hour and a half long thing. You know what I mean? Like one documentary. And then once I saw it was like like eight episodes, I'm like, oh man, that is a lot of commitment. Like The Witcher was eight episodes and that stuff was great. But this is like something that doesn't interest me and you're wanting me to watch eight episodes of it eight hour long episodes no thanks all right i mean i'm just saying try it before you knock it that's all fine i'll give it a go i'll watch it i'll watch i'll try to what else have you been doing during the quarantine (laughs) um i have i started watching i i have not finished all of the adam west batman episodes um so i started watching those which um i'm on season three and yeah i mean it's good it's you know what you expect from that not the most crazy storytelling or intense action but it's been fun um i've also chris bad like oh golly gee old chum yeah I, i i've watched a few episodes and then like the movie Hmm. I mean, I I will always in, enjoy it for what it is. You know, it's never going to be my favorite. I definitely love Adam West though, and Burt Ward, and you know, I, I will say this though: I, I'm on season three, and they introduce Batgirl as a oh yeah know, regular reoccurring character, and it gets pretty sexist at times. I recognize it was in the '60s, but it gets pretty sexist at times. When you're like watching, you're like, mm, yes, this would not fly. This would not fly on the airwaves today. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Isn't there like a, uh, a, a gif or something where like you can clearly see him accidentally grab her chest or something? Uh, that would not surprise me. Stories I've heard about Adam West. Quote unquote, accidentally. Right. right. So um, during this whole quarantine thing, basically I... Uh, I've been deemed an essential employee, so I still go to work. I come home and do, you know, my home life. Uh, still going to school and stuff, but it's like all online, which makes it difficult because you know what I mean? Like there's that 
gap between like the student teacher interaction. So if I need help, I just kind of have to like teach myself. And then I mostly, I've mostly making up words is what I'm doing. I've mostly also been like doing a lot of writing, doodling, been a lot of a digital artwork as well as, you know, just at work. If it dies down a little bit, I'll break out a pen, pencil, and sketch a little stuff on notepads. That's pretty much yeah. it. I mean, I've been watching Clone Wars, uh, all the new movies that they keep releasing early. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I can watch this from the comfort of my own couch. I don't have to go to the movie theater. Right, right. It is. It is. It has been nice to see like early releases and things, you know, it, things that have been new that are coming to streaming services with the coronavirus. Um, I too have been deemed a sen- essential employee, so I have not been at home just doing whatever, whatever I want. Um, but I'm trying to think. I started. Well, let's see what what else has been going on. I started watching Hunters. Have you heard of that? Uh, no. But you know what did grab my attention? It's on Amazon. It's called Tales from the Loop. That looked pretty cool. Hmm. I haven't seen that, but this Hunter show is about, um, it's got Logan Lerman, I think his name is, and um, Al Pacino, and it's in the 70s, and they are a team of Nazi hunters. Oh, I, I have heard. Down. Yeah, I had heard of this. Yeah. I have found it to be enjoyable and a job I wish I could have. (laughs) Yeah, I have heard of that. My um, one of my professors at school was talking about it. Like, dude, because like I I talk, I go to this like tutoring era area sometimes, and uh, they were talking about that. Like, oh, because like one of them is super nerdy, like us. So they're all like, you know, oh, have you heard of this show or whatever? I'm like, no, I haven't, but it sounds awesome, and I will check it out. I'm waiting for season two of the boys. Ah, I, one of the things I've also done during quarantine is I've read a significant more amount of comics than I normally would. (laughs) And I read the comic to the boys. I don't know if I'm old fashioned, but I'm just not overly crazy about like a whole bunch of sex and drugs and superheroes with, you know, bad agendas like the boys is. I respect it for what it was. And I did enjoy reading the comic, but I, I'm just—it's not something I'm crazy about. Um, but yes, I, I would also—I did watch all of the boys and would watch the second season. It's just not—it's not my favorite, but I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I love the show. Yeah. I have no idea what the comic's about. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. The um, the comic is a little bit more. Um, expansive i guess you would say that's interesting because i've also been like reading some more comics than i usually do too like i recently got the batman the adventures continue comic i haven't started it yet but it's there for when i'm ready and get a moment to watch or watch it read it rather um i read it too i'm looking forward to the next one the first one was kind of you know, they teased that it was, you know, characters that we hadn't seen in the animated series. And then Lex Luthor is the, you know, main bad guy you see. A little disappointing because not that, I mean, he was totally in the Superman animated series right. and the Batman Superman crossover. 
But we did get a we did get a uh, first look at Jason Todd. Little teasy teasy tease. Yeah. Got something to rub on your gums. Awesome. Yeah. A little inner monologue from Jason as well. Uh, I did read this. I'm looking forward to the finished product. I did read the, uh, it's, it's like a weird, I don't know how to explain it. It's like an anime version of Superman, but it's not anime. It's like American anime kind of, and it's called Superman Smashes the Clan. And it's basically Max Fleischer Superman going up against the Ku Klux Klan. It's pretty interesting. Oh, I've heard of that. That does sound cool. Yeah, like the first issue, he doesn't know how to fly. But then like by the second issue, he does. And then he doesn't know he has x-ray vision. And then the second issue, he like it's like he's discovering his powers and becoming modern Superman as the issues go on. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Interesting. I dig that the concept. Um, other things I've been doing in the quarantine, I mowed my lawn. Uh, I've been hanging out digitally with my friends. AI, AI, AI. I.E. is the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> I.E. you and, you know, uh, Sebastian. I've been out a few times. Other than that, though, I'm in lockdown, too. Did you get a mask? Uh, did I get a mask? You know, we sell them at my place of business, uh, but we're always sold out because everybody's wanting them. They're in high demand. But you know what? If we're talking about masks, uh, remember when I cosplayed a Deathstroke? I have that mask. Uh, I also have that Darth Vader mask, <laughs> and I have a uh, Guy Fox mask. So yes, I do have masks. Thank you for asking. Just not one that's going to protect you from the coronavirus. <laughs> Vader, Vader one might. Yeah, that's true. Imagine me showing I mean, up they at say work. anything is better than nothing. <laughs> you imagine me showing up for work. Oh. Hey, they say dress. They say dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Um, you're right, but I do not want to be space Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the yeah. I guess you. I guess that's true. Well, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that won't fly casual. <laughs> what else have I been doing? Uh, been eating a lot more. <laughs> not because I'm hungry, just because I'm bored. Oh. Me too, man. Like, uh, I I went, I should, probably shouldn't have, but I went and hoarded the grocery store and got all kinds. Of, I have more food in my apartment than I've ever had before. And It's funny you say Yeah, that. I'm eating all of it, that's for sure. <laughs> that's funny, because I remember last time I was at your place, I was like, damn, this dude has no food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's funny because usually I have a lot of food, but no alcohol. But at your place, you have a lot of alcohol, but no food. And so today when I went out shopping... Um, I was trying to find some of the uh, Aviation American Gin. And I could not find any. Very disappointed. Oh, sorry, buddy. It's all right. I'll keep up the hunt tomorrow. This week for the top five, we're going to talk about Superman actors, specifically actors that have been li- live action Superman. Um, we're going to Skip the voice actors this time. Maybe sometime in the future we'll touch base. Um, but for the top five, we always start off with number five and we count our way down to number one. The five being eh, least favorite, one being our favorite. The fun, bit, um, the fun part is we don't know each other's lists. Yes. Yeah, we don't, we don't tell each other these. We 
prep them before we talk about it. So usually it's a good time. Sometimes there's some overlap, but, um, you know, let us know what you think in the comics. Um, Sean, you want to start it? Who you got for number um, five? I'm going to do honorable mentions first. Oh, sorry. Okay. Did you have any? Because I have. I only had two. I did not get an honorable mention. I was going to say Nicolas Cage, but decided <laughs> against it. Cause... Well, I mean, hey, <laughs> we've seen him in the suit. Uh, sure. I guess that'd be a good one. I mean, we never got to see him in action, though, you know. <laughs> I'd say for my right, my one right. my I had two uh, because we we cut out the voice actors. Tim Daly was on there, but I cut him out obviously. And uh, for my honorable mentions, I have Dean Kane and George Reeve. Ooh, and I feel like we're gonna forget so about Kirk I... Allen, who was the first on-screen Superman, but whatever. Right, I thought about George Reeves, but. I just never, I never watched those. Like I've maybe seen an right. episode, and that movie where Ben Affleck right. played him, but he was. I, I didn't feel comfortable putting it, him on my was list. Was it weird that my number one is Ben Affleck as George Reeves? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 all right, so, number five. All right. I have got? Tyler Holchlin. That is the. Arrowverse okay. Superman. Okay. He didn't make my list. Why why is he your number uh, five? Because I think he does a good job of, you know, the character playing the character of Superman. And as the like even though we haven't seen a lot of him as Superman, he he does embody those like values. You know what I mean? So much so that he is getting his own spin-off series called superman and lois and i'm like well it's well deserved he did a great job like did you did you remember him in the crossover i thought he did excellent he does a good job as clark kent and as superman yeah yeah he's i'll put it this way he's not he's not my favorite i guess i kind of found him to be a little bit bland like he's just always smiling but my number five um was one of your honorable mentions. I went with Dean Kane. I know. Um, and one of my <laughs> first reasons is I have this weird affinity for the short guy playing somebody who's supposed to uh -huh. be tall, like Michael Keaton as Batman, for example. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed Lois and Clark as a kid. Uh, Dean Kane portrayed the character well, you know, and. It was a little more of a lighthearted Superman, a little more comedic. Um, but hey, I, I appreciated it for what it, his portrayal mm -hmm. for what it is. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I agree. Growing up in the '90s, I used to watch that always. On, I think it was on USA, and I used to watch the Adventures of Lois and Clark. Um, I feel like he was one of my honorable mentions instead of making the list because that show was more like a uh, like a soap opera kind of more than like a. It was more about right. a love story, and I'm like, mm, it's cool to see Superman. His costume is a little weird, like super metallic and velvety looking. I mean, I guess it was the 90s, but... Right. Number four. <laughs> it was the 90s. <laughs> Number four, I had Brandon Ralph. Ah, that's the same for me. I also see, I, picked I, Ralph. I picked him as four. number four because he did a great job, again, embodying 
the core values of the character. Like you believe that he is Superman and he does a great job playing the dual, the dual role of Clark Kent as well, especially in the crossover when he becomes basically kingdom come Superman um, as his reprising the role as his Superman returns character. So you get this cool, huge uh, jump in time and you see he's, you know, not just the Superman that we knew from Superman returns, but he's, a lot of people look to Superman and he embodies hope and kingdom come Superman is that Superman who has lost hope. And he did a good job of portraying that Superman as well as like he has lost hope yet. He still recognizes he is a symbol for hope. So he has to keep going. Agreed. Uh, Yeah. I have, I haven't number four, especially for the crisis on infinite earths on the CW. Um, I very much enjoyed him in that. Um, I, you know, a lot of people knock on Superman Returns. I, I actually kind of like that movie. Um, and I, you know, I thought he did a great job, as, especially as Clark For in sure. that movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked Brandon Ralph. I feel like I he, still like he gets him. more screen Absolutely. time as Clark than he does as Superman. But like, a lot of people don't like that. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan, but I do watch it at least once a year. You know what I mean? Just because. I am a Superman fan, and it's one of those kind of like Green Lantern. Like it's one of those like this movie's so bad, but I still kind of like it because we got it. You know what I mean? Right. I'll, I'll agree um, to that. Okay. So, also, number three. Really quick, I love Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Okay, number three, I had Henry Cavill. Wow. Yep. Really. I thought he was going to be knew, your number I one. Knew, okay. I knew you might think that. I, I, I also have Henry Cavill Whoa. at number three. See, I have him at number three because I love his portrayal <laughs> of Superman just starting out. And I like Zack Snyder's vision. And he's phys- physically, like he is the physique of Superman, like that I think of. He's huge. He, he's he got that chiseled jaw that like, um, I don't know, not to sound like I'm uncomfortable in my own sexuality, but like he is a handsome man and he has that, like, you know when he, like, does that weird smile thing, and you're like, ah, oh, look at him. He's Superman. You know what I mean? He has that presence about... You know what I mean? Like, he has that <laughs> presence about him. And, like, the way he delivers the lines, you know what I mean? When he's, like, talking to the general, he's like, I'm from, from Kansas. How much more American can I get? You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, I was gonna... Uh, what, I, what I think about him is... Um... I think as a Superman, he does like kind of jump right off the page. Like he looks very much a Superman from the comics, you know, like a Jim Lee for sure build. Um, with that being said, I also think he's pushed Superman to a place we really haven't seen him on film. You know, you've seen a Superman in a conflicted world, and you know, people might knock on the Snyder Vision, whatever. You know, this is a this is a Superman in a world that hasn't decided it if they want him, you know? And I think that, you know, people might knock the, you know, him killing Zod scene, but like also that was well acted. He did to me, he handled that the way Superman Mm -hmm. would have. Um, And also we just have not seen Superman make do something like that. Fight someone for so that's that's why he's a little yeah. bit higher for me. I, I, I would say that um, I 100% agree because everyone always complains about 
Zack Snyder's vision, like Superman's supposed to be bright, shining symbol for hope. I'm like, well, he is a symbol for hope in this, but like we just haven't arrived yet. You know what I mean? And because of Zod, that's the only Kryptonians they meet first. So everyone hates the, the Kryptonians at first. You know what I mean? So they're like, crap, he's one of them. What if he turns on us? And then, so are, are you really going to be like, Superman's supposed to be smiling. Like, are you really going to be smiling if people don't like you? when they know nothing about you. And so when he becomes Superman and decides to show himself to the world, that's when he's starting to try to show people like, here, I'm here to help guys. And then you agree. I agree hundred percent. Like, have you ever heard like what happens when an immovable or unstoppable force meets an immovable object, but basically Superman versus Zod. Cause he's never fought anyone formidable like that. You know what I mean? Usually like, Oh, I got to take out these warheads. I got to foil Luther's plan. I got to lift a giant island and throw it into the sun. But here he's going up of one of his own who's militarily, militarily trained. And so he's like, ah, man, I guess I got to kill him. <laughs> like there's no other choice. And yep. I did. I do, I do enjoy Henry Cavill. Not only that, man, did you see Absolutely. how he reacts immediately after he does it? That is Superman. Right. Yeah. He's in pain. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two? I had Christopher Reeves. Ah, this is where we get different. Okay. And I say, okay. Because Why he was the first Reeves? Superman we've ever had that made me believe a man could fly. And uh, um, I loved him as Clark Kent. He, he did a great job. He basically invented that role. You know what I mean? Like the bumbling Clark Kent the mild-mannered reporter brought it to life. And then when he's Superman, he's like literally somebody else, a completely different person. And, you know, he, he, he stands for truth, justice in the American way. Like, I believe that when I watch him. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more, but my number two is Tom Welling and might be a little biased, um, I guess I gotta I gotta say this, but Sean and I met Tom Welling at a Comic-Con one year. And he's a pretty cool guy, but that's not why he's number two on my list. Um I I think that he portrayed as he portrayed Superman, he did it for ten seasons on Smallville. Like, yes, he's not Superman until the very end, but it's like we see Superman grow up over the show. And, you know, learn and develop and understand why there needs to be a Superman. You know, he shows what a conflicted life a teenager growing up with Superman's powers would lead. Um, I mean, I he's one that Sean and I grew up with. And, you know, I mean, we both love him. And we're so glad to have seen him on Crisis on Infinite Earth. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great send-off. <laughs> that was perfect. Like, that was... I remember when he when he like when when it revealed why he gave up the powers. I'm like I got choked up a little bit. I was like, oh, perfect. And then when Lois shows up, like this looks like a job for us. I'm like, oh. And then the part where 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 Lex tries to suck and <laughs> punch him, and he catches it, and he like punches him right in the face, like still stronger. I'm like, yeah, you are. Also, because mm-hmm. it was it was uh, John Cryer, he's like, you're not Lex, because it wasn't, you know, like, that's perfect. Um, it was great. So, it was great. 
yeah, so that's Tom Welling is my one. number one, right? Because basically, um, again, I might be biased, but um, I grew up with him, like my basically whole teenage years to my early adult years, like watching Smallville. It starts off, uh, he's a freshman in high school, and you know, you get to see a young Clark Kent struggle with these abilities, struggle to learn how to focus them, how to channel them, use them for the good, you know, not do bad things and stuff. And you also get the Jonathan Kent aspect where you see a good fatherly figure teaching him how to be a good person. And then you also get, um, Gen- who is it? Crap. Jor-El, uh, played by Terrence Stamp, who was General Zod in the Christopher Reeves Superman, uh, is the voice of Gen- or is the voice of uh, Jor-El. So you get this cool, throughout the series, he talks to Space Dad and Earth Dad. You know what I mean? Like, I guess technically he isn't right. <clears throat> Superman until the end of the series, but he does hit, like, a stride. You know what I mean? So, like, around season eight is where he really becomes the Superman mythos kind of character even though he doesn't fly technically right Tom Welling I'm gonna guess excellent. so my number one Chris Reeves. Yeah, go for it absolutely I, I can't I, I can't I can't deny it I mean it's a you can't for me you can't beat the classic um, he's completely my idea of Superman um, I think he is one of the best, like, straight from the source material mm-hmm. casts that we've ever had. I mean, he completely embodies Superman in every every way, shape, or form that I can think of. Um, I always thought he played, you know, like you mentioned earlier, he invented the the Clark Kent, the bumbling Clark Kent, which is fantastic. If you've ever seen the scene... I think it's right before he's about to tell Lois that he's Superman. And I don't think that he, I don't think that he actually did at that part in the movie, but you see, there's a scene where he is dressed as Clark and he is preparing himself to tell her. And you can just see that he lifts his shoulders, put them back, stands up straight. I mean, it's, he is the same person. He's literally just taking off his glasses and preparing to tell her. And you can just tell there's a complete 180 change from Clark Kent to Superman. And uh, I just, I love him. I can't, you know, rest in peace, Christopher Reeve. But my goodness, I I love him to death. I also, <clears throat> I love the uh, speech that Jarrell gives to him. Yes. Where he's yes, all like, they can absolutely. be a great people, kal They wish to be. They only like the light to show them the way. The reason for this above all, the capacity for good, what is it? I sent them you, my only son. Such a good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Deep. I mean, I think I think Henry Cavill, um, his, his dad, space dad, who was it? Oh, crap. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe does a good job too. Because he says uh like something along the same lines, you know what I mean? They uh will you will right. give them an ideal for hope. Uh something to strive toward. And they will race behind you in the sun. They will stumble, they will fall. 
Like, same thing, basically. Now it's time for another panel review with our comic crusader, Jake. What do you got for us this week, buddy? All right. So this week, um, I'm going to review Saga. And I'm going to take it a little different than normally we've kind of done it. I've done a DC or Marvel, you know, Star Wars, something like that. Saga is an image comic um, written by Brian K. Vaughn and art by Fiona Staples. Um, this is one of the best original newer comics that's out there. It's it's currently on a hiatus, but I honestly, I, it, I just didn't, thanks <coughs> to the coronavirus and being locked in all weekend, I just did my second read through it. Um, unfortunately, since it is on hiatus, technically I've only, I'm only reviewing the first half. There's 54 issues. They make, I think, nine mm-hmm. paperbacks out of those. But the story is just so, so different. It's basically, it's about, it's about a little girl. And the story starts off at her birth. You follow her parents, who are, one is from a planet called Landfall, which is the biggest planet in the galaxy that is always at war with its moon, which is called Reef. They're at this they're in this perpetual war that nobody remembers how it started. It's never ending. The people of the planet hate the people on the moon and vice versa. But mom is from Landfall and dad is from Reef and they have a baby. Um so it follows the tale of this little girl and basically them trying to escape the war and live a normal life which is seemingly impossible if you read the book um it's it's a really fun read it feels like a a light read but it's such a also such a deep story i mean it's it's very funny at times um it's one of those stories that makes you feel a wide range of emotions you know one minute one minute you might be laughing at something and the next you're feeling shock and sadness um, it definitely takes a very Game of Thrones type. It steals a page from George R. R. Martin in the sense that no one is safe and they will kill <laughs> off a character here and there and bring somebody back that you're like, well, right, I wish right. they would have stayed dead. Like, I can imagine Snow, like, oh, kidding. I love this character <laughs> two panels later. Oh, he's dead. So like, if you were to acquaint it or, you know, analog it to a more well-known superhero story who would you who would you match it up with like if, if no one's ever read the, the story saga and they wanted to read it would it, you'd pick oh it's kind of like you know because it's about a little girl is it like you know x23 or you know would you what's well, aliens can't think ah it's really it's it's hard to put your finger on that. I mean, the easy one is Star Wars because it's in space and there's a lot of you know fantastical characters. You know, you might be you might be the one of the main characters has what's called a lying cat, which is a cat that just calls people out when they're lying. Or, I mean, the easy the easy pick is Star Wars, but 
it's it's very saga is very much its own thing without a doubt interesting very much its own thing what did you like Like, best about it compare it to something else honestly i really love like the character development and i love a lot of the characters that they pick um you know for those listening who have read it you'll probably hate me for this but like I love Prince Robot. That has to be my favorite character. Um, but I mean, they just they have. It, it's really the characters that sell it for me. I love I love Hazel, the little girl. She's hilarious and like cute at times. But I mean, it's eh, you got to check it out. It's, All right. it's what a did great you not comic. like about it? Um, that's, that's hard to say. I will, without spoiling it, it's hard to say, but yeah, there's, at least right now, there's a few deaths towards the end of what we have that I'm just like, no, like why, Really? you know, it, it, it cuts deep. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's very much similar. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's what I, compare it to then is game of thrones is it's a lot of there's a ton of different characters they are all connected and interact in different ways but yeah maybe that's also the thing i don't like about it is yeah they they kill a lot of people off for sure that you kind of hope would stay in it but you know the story's not over yet so maybe it's worth it maybe it makes something what else would you earned i don't know would, can you see it we'll see when like, it comes what back. if they like made a tv show about it on netflix you think they could do that oh i would love it oh absolutely they'd have to do it animated for sure but that would be epic they need to finish the comic it's been on hiatus since july 25th 2018 so it's uh it's been a while since we've had an issue okay so it's not but i I can't wait for it what would you give it uh out of five what's your rating I am gonna have what? to say this is gonna be my first five star rating. And this this story's crazy. It's it is it's really hard to compare it to anything. I mean it it is very different. If you're looking for something new that I will hundred you know, percent you haven't seen before, check Saga right. out. We give a special thanks to Anchor for giving us the tools to create this podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date and interact with us through our social media outlets, you can search GeekastX on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have a backlog of old episodes available on YouTube and iTunes. Our newest episodes are available on Spotify and Google Podcast. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of GeekastX.